the Lord is, is leading us to understand during this time of crisis. Uh, God's people are way different than everybody else. And you got to understand, God doesn't want us to survive the crisis. This is what I'm seeing, and this is what I really believe the Lord is, 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 is putting in my spirit. God doesn't want us to just survive. God wants us to, 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 uh, uh, to excel, if you will. God wants us to show out and to shine. If there's ever been a time that God's people need to shine, it's right now. And he says this, he's, he's going to tell us to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, be happy, be glad. In other words, you're going to have an opportunity to be glad in spite of the circumstances. So that's what we want to talk about in the next couple of weeks. And you'll see what I'm talking about when we get into it. So, so grab your Bible, look in Philippians chapter number four. And, and let's, let's begin in verse number four. Philippians chapter number four and verse number four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And watch this. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do practice. And the God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace shall be with you. I want to skip down to verse 13 and then we'll read verse number 19. All right. Verse 13. And just read this along with me at home. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Let's read it again. Let's read it again. Read it out loud at home. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now look at verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All right, all right. Well, let's pray, and we'll get started here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so glad, and I am so thankful that your word will never return void, that your word is powerful, it is encouraging, it is convicting, it is challenging. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me to deliver today. I, I, I've already felt your presence this morning, and I'm thankful for that. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, thank you for being close to us in a time of need. And Lord, I pray that you'll help me to deliver your word in such a, such a way that everybody understands it. it. It's easy to comprehend. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'll guide every word that comes out of my mouth. And Lord, we will thank you. Lord, I pray right now that you will turn every living room in this county. I pray that you'll turn every living room in this county into a sanctuary. Lord, this building is just a building. The church is wherever the church is at. The people are the church. And everyone, wherever they're gathered, that is a little sanctuary of your presence. And I pray that they will feel that today. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen. Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, oh, I almost forgot, this is what I always do. All right, I'm not going to be able to hear you, but I want you to say it right where you're at. Church, say amen. All right, I hope you said it, I hope you're following along with us. Now look, Paul is speaking to the Philippian church, and, and he says something that's kind of, it's kind of hard to swallow. If, if you are going through what, what the Philippian church was going through, there was some dissension and there were some struggles, they were having some real difficult times, and, and Paul is, is writing to encourage them. The whole book of Philippians is about encouragement, and he's trying to be a blessing, and he's trying to lift them up and tell them, and he, and he says something that, that in the beginning of what he says is, is okay, and that's not too difficult to get, and it sounds spiritual and everything, but when he tags one word on the end of it, now wait a minute. Now, Paul, how are we going to do that? Now, watch what he says. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, if he'd have stopped right there, that'd have been fine. That, that we, could have, we could have said, okay, uh, that, is, that is easy to do. No problem right there. But he says this, rejoice in the Lord always, always. Wait, wait, now, wait a minute. You mean, you mean even when it's going bad? You, you mean even, even when life is falling apart? 
Even when, when I don't know what in the world's going on and I don't know how I'm going to make it. That's it. That's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. You need to rejoice in the Lord when it's good. You need to rejoice in the Lord when it's bad. You need to rejoice in the Lord when it's easy. You need to rejoice in the Lord when it's difficult. You need to rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. You need to rejoice in the Lord when you don't. Now, he knows, he knows this is going to be hard to swallow. So he says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he said, let me repeat myself because I know this is going to be hard to listen to. This is going to be hard to hear. Always rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Boy, I tell you, that's, 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 a, that's a stout order. That's a stout order. Rejoice all the time. We have the ability to rejoice. Now, let's, let's say what that word rejoice is. The word rejoice means to, to be calmly happy, to be calmly happy, to be glad. So, so really, there is a feeling and there is a manifestation. There's a feeling on the inside. We have a feeling of gladness, of satisfaction, of happy. But then we express it on the outside with our words, with our actions, with, with uh, our responses. So he's saying this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be glad always. Uh, have a sense of happiness always. Now, if we get, our, if we get our, uh, our sense of happiness and our sense of joy from our circumstances, we both know. I mean, there, there's no question. There's no doubt whatsoever that our circumstances change for the good and the bad. They're up and they're down. Sometimes we're in the valley. Sometimes we're on the mountain. Sometimes everything's great. Sometimes things are bad. And if, and if that is the source of our joy, if that is the source of our happiness, we're going to be a mess. But watch what he says. Rejoice in the Lord. Be glad. Be happy. Let me read a couple verses. Let me read a couple verses. You'll see how this connection is. It says in Psalms 9, verse 1, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Watch this. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Psalms 104, 33. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God. See, that's that outward expression of that inward feeling. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. When I think about God, when I think about his blessings, when I, when I think about his goodness, man, it's going to be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. See, rejoice, glad. Go together. Psalms 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice, watch this, and be glad in it. Joel 221, excuse me. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. See that? Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. So what is Paul saying? What does Paul say? He's saying this. In all of your circumstances, in all of your situations, be glad. Be glad. Okay. Okay, now, wait a minute. How, how, how is that even possible? I mean, how could he even, does he even have the right to say something like that? Well, let's think about this. Let's see if he has any street cred. We're looking, we're talking about a man who at the time of his writing, you've got to understand, at the time of his writing, he is sitting in a Roman prison. He is chained to a Roman soldier. He is waiting his execution and his trial with the Emperor Nero. He has the very minimal things of life, just enough to stay alive. He's waiting to die. He's in the, in, in the latter part of his ministry, very end of his ministry, and this is a man who has gone through so many difficult things. Let me just read a couple. He says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. he says, Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. 39 stripes. Five times they beat him. Thrice, three times was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Watch what he says. In weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. This is a man who's got some street cred. This is a man that knows what he's talking about when he talks about all way. He knows what it means to, to be happy. He knows what it means to be sad. He knows what it means when, when you, you seem to be walking in the blessings of God. And he knows what it means when it seems like that everything is falling apart around you. And yet he says, rejoice in the Lord always, always. Now, now, children, listen, you've got to understand something. We have a great God. We have an awesome God. 
And God doesn't want His children going through this pandemic, going through this crisis. He doesn't want us to go through it in a fearful way. He doesn't want us to go through it in a way that we're just like everybody else. He wants us to be a witness, and He wants us to be a light to everybody else out there that you don't have to be afraid, that you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to worry. You can have confidence in God, and He wants us to lead the way. He wants us to lead the way. We've got to show this world that there is a God in heaven, that there is a God who can help, there is a God who can save, there is a God who can encourage us when we're discouraged, there's a God who can lift us up when we're down, there's a God who will be with us no matter what. We've got to lead the way. Rejoice in the Lord. Don't let your neighbor see you freaking out. Don't let your neighbor see you biting your fingernails to the quick. Listen, never let him see you sweat. Show them that you can rejoice when things are bad. You can shout the victory and know everything's going to be all right. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, now look, this is going to take us several weeks to figure out how to do this because this is, this is a big deal. And I know this is, this is a... This is one of those situations where it's easy preaching and hard living. It's easy to say what to do, but it's a whole other thing to go out there and practice it. So we're going we're gonna to break this down into two or three weeks of preaching, and, and this is the way I want to start with, and this is just kind of how God gave it to me. Before we go into the how, I, I want you to see uh, maybe if we want to use the word promises uh, or, or resources, the things that God has given us so that we can do that, so that we can rejoice in the Lord, so that we can have an inside happiness and contentment and joy and gladness and be able to express it on the outside, even when the world is falling down all around us, we can still rejoice in the Lord. He's given us several things in this chapter, and so let's just look at them today, and then we'll go into the practical steps next week, and, and, and so on. Just, just keep preaching as the Lord gives it to us, all right? So if, if, we're, if we're taking notes, if we're taking notes, we have them posted, but if you're just writing these things down, number one, let's look at the first resource or first promise that God has given us. Look what it says. Verse number four. <clears throat> let's start at the top. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, and that word means graciousness, your mercy, your kindness. I, I'd like to say it this way, your Christ-likeness. This world needs to see your graciousness, your, 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 your ability to stay calm, your moderation, your Christ-likeness. Let your moderation be known unto all men. They need to see that. They need to be able to witness that. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Now I want to read verse 9. I want to read verse 9 and tie these together. All right, in verse 5, it says, the Lord is at hand. Verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace shall be with you. So two verses, two verses we find a promise from the Lord. We can rejoice in the Lord always because of this. Number one, because of his presence. Because of his presence. He said this, the Lord is at hand, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now let's take the first part. Let's take the first part. The Lord is at hand. Now, growing up, growing up in church, uh, I, I always read this verse as a kid. You know, I went to Christian school, and, and, and so we had chapel all the time, and we had to memorize verses all the time. And, and I would read this verse, and, and, and I would read, the Lord is at hand. And, and I, I had this, this idea that that meant that, that he's just about to come back. I mean, the return of the Lord is at hand. It's, it's right around the corner. But that's not what this word means. And that's not, that's not the insinuation he's making with this verse. He said, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That means he's at hand. He's within reach. He's within reach. He is reachable. We see he is reachable. He is telling us in his presence that he is reachable, that he is right there, that no matter what, we can reach him. We can get a hold of him. We won't be put on hold. We won't have to make an appointment. He is reachable. We have a God who is reachable. We have a God who is, listen, we can get into his presence. We can have access to where he is. There's no greater illustration. I love the story. I love the story of the apostle Peter when he's walking on the water. And he tells Jesus, he tells Jesus, he says, let me come to where you are. And he says, come on. And so Peter bails out of the boat. And if you're familiar with this story, you know where I'm going with this. He bails out of the ship. There is a storm. It is raging. The winds are blowing and the waves are crashing. And here Peter is walking on the water to Jesus. Now, I don't know. I don't know how close he got. I don't know how far away Jesus was from Peter. But I do know this, that the waves got bigger than Peter thought they would. And the wind blew harder than Peter thought they would. And listen, he began to look at the wave and he took his eyes off Jesus. And, and he began to be afraid and he began to doubt and he began to sink. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I can't be too hard on Peter because I've had that in my life. There's been times that I needed to trust God and I needed to believe in God. And I started looking more at my circumstances. I started looking more at my problems. And I started looking more at the storms in my life. And when I, when I put my focus on my storms, they got bigger than what I thought Jesus was. And I began to sink. And, but this is what happened. The Bible says as soon as he began to sink, that he cried out to Jesus. And this is what it says. And immediately Jesus caught him. Immediately. Now, I don't know that Jesus wasn't still a couple hundred yards away. All I know is this, that at the moment that Peter needed the Lord Jesus, at the very moment that he cried out, he was at hand. He was within reach. And this is what I want to encourage you, everybody that's out there listening. You have a God who can reach you, even if you can't get here, even if you can't get to my office, even if you can't get to your family. There is a God who is within reach. All you have to do is call upon him. He is within reach no matter what. No matter where you're at, doesn't matter what city you're in, doesn't matter what country you're in, it doesn't matter what crisis you're in, he is within reach. All you got to do is call upon him. Man, what a savior. Thank God for his presence. His presence was within reach. Then it says this in verse 9. It not only says he's reachable, but he's also resourceful. It says, and the God of peace. The God of peace. He's our source. He's our source. He is a resourceful. His presence is resourceful. There's so many verses, man, I was copying them last, last night and, and looking at all the different ones, and, and it says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And, and, and man, there's so many different ones, and, and it talks about peace and honor and glory in his presence, victory in his presence, all these things, all these resources available to us just by his presence. Listen, we can make it through this crisis, not just make it, not just survive, not just exist, but excel. We can move forward, we can rejoice, we can have a smile on our face when, listen, everything is burning down around us. We can rejoice in the Lord because of his presence. There's nothing like his presence. The psalmist said it this way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Because of his presence. He wasn't afraid of the valley of the shadow of death because of his presence. Thou art with me. Listen, there's nothing more important than to know that your God is with you. That your God said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. He would be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He'll be to you what family can't even be to you. Thank God for his presence. Thank God in the crisis that we have his presence. Thank God in all of this going around us, we have the presence of God with us in, in our life. Number two, number two, not only do we have his presence, but look at the next promise, the next resource, if you will. He says this in verse number seven. It says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. We not only have his presence, but we have his peace. His peace. Look at, look at the description of this peace. This is amazing. He said, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. You know what that means? That means it's beyond, it's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our ability to understand. Now, let me, let me describe it so, so it'll make sense. Uh, it means that when you're in a crisis, you're calm, and you don't even understand why. When you're in a difficult situation, I've, I've been at funeral homes. I, I've, been, I've been in uh, waiting rooms, and I, I've been in ICU units where, where it seemed like everybody should be tore all to pieces, but there was a calm, and there was a peace, and you couldn't explain it. You couldn't explain why you felt calm. You couldn't explain why you had peace in your heart. That's what he's talking about. It transcends human, uh, 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 human knowledge, and it transcends human logic. It just doesn't make sense. And you know what he's saying right here? That we have the ability to rejoice because God is going to give us a peace down deep inside. God is going to give us a tranquility. God is going to give us a calmness of spirit that you can't even explain. Your neighbors are going to see it. The people in, the, listen, in, in, in your neighborhood is going to see it, and they're going to wonder, what in the world? Why are they so happy? Why are they rejoicing? Why are they so calm? I'll tell you why. Because we have the peace of God. Not peace that man can give. Not peace that the world gives. Because obviously that goes away quick because of circumstances. It's the peace of God. God doesn't always take us out of the storm. God doesn't always take us out of the difficulty. God doesn't always take us out of the problem. Sometimes he just gives us peace in the storm. And that's where we're at today. He promises his peace. A peace that passeth all understanding. He describes it in a way. that He said, he said that I'm going to give you a calm that you can't even explain. 
it passeth all understanding. But then the duty. If you want to keep this alliterated, uh, the, the description of this peace. But then the duty or the responsibility of it. What is this peace going to do? It says, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep. Shall keep. Now, understand that word. The word keep here means to garrison. It means to stand guard. In other words, what's it, what's it going to guard? It says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Your hearts and minds. What is your heart? That's where you feel. What is your mind? That's how you think. So what's God going to do? He's going to guard your thoughts. And he's going to guard your emotions. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm a pretty emotional guy. I, I get, I get, I'm a worrier. I, I just, it's just in my nature. I can't help it. Uh, I'm shy by nature. I'm a worrier by nature. Sometimes my emotions can get the best of me. But what he's saying right here, he's saying that the peace of God will stand guard over your mind, will garrison, will, put a, will hem you in, will, will put guards around your mind and around your emotions so that you can think right, so you can feel right. So even in the, the, the worst disaster, even in the greatest crisis, you can be emotionally stable. You can remain. See, that's how God's children can be cool calm and collected when all the world is falling apart how because of the peace of God the peace of God that you can't explain the peace of God that you can't you can't even describe it to somebody because you don't know how it passes all understanding God's peace will hold you God's peace will wrap around you and will guard your emotions and guard your thinking he said it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus man thank God for his peace here's the thing about his peace it didn't come from the world so the world can't take it away It's the peace of God. Now, why is that important? Because the scriptures say he's the God of peace. He's the God of peace. He's the source of all peace. And we have that down deep inside. Number three. Number three, if you're taking notes. Listen, these are the promises that he's given us that we can can excel in the crisis. We can, we can perform. It's our time to shine, ladies and gentlemen. It's not our time to hide. It's not our time to be afraid and crawl in a corner somewhere. It's our time as God's children in the midst of a crisis to show this world that you can be happy and you can rejoice and you can come to God for what you need. Listen, we can rejoice because of his presence. We can rejoice because of his peace. But then number three, we can rejoice because of his power. His power. What did he say? He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I know what you've probably been thinking through this whole thing. Well, preacher, you don't know, you don't know what kind of person I am. You, you, you don't know. I, I'm just a worry wart, and, and I just fall apart at everything, and, and I always let my emotions get up. I, I just don't know how I can do this. Well, let me tell you how. God said, I can. I can. Now, three things I want you to write underneath this. And we're going to write the same things under number four. So, write this down. Write this. The surety of this power. If you're taking notes, write this down. The surety of this power. I want you to say this right where you are. Right where you are. Say it out loud. The whole family, whoever's listening, I want you to repeat this after me. I can. I can. Say it again. Say it again. I can. Say it again. I can. Now, we don't need to be like a little train. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. No, 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 no. no. We're going to take think out of it. He didn't say, I think I can do all things through Christ. He said, I can. There is a surety. There is a confidence that no matter what, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We can do this. I, I would used to say, when Dad, uh, when we were growing up as a kid, uh, Dad would tell us something hard to do or, or we'd have to go accomplish something that just wasn't working out and, and, and we were having a hard time doing it. And, and, and we'd come back to Dad and say, Dad, I can't do this. And this is what he'd say. Now, you may have heard this too, but he'd say, can't, never could do nothing. That might not be good English, but it'll work and you understand what I'm saying. Can't, never could, do nothing. Don't be walking around moping. Don't be walking around whining. Don't be walking around, listen, in a way that you are not confident in your God. Don't walk around and say, I might can or I think I can. No, 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 no. You need to stand up, fill your lungs with air, and you need to tell everybody, I can do this. This crisis is not going to keep us down. This crisis is not going to put us back in the closet afraid. We're going to stand up and say, I can make it. I can rejoice. I can get excited. I can be glad in a difficult way. Why? Because he's going to give me the power to do it. I'm not doing it on my own. I'm not doing it with my own ability. I'm not doing it with my own intellect. I've got the power of God on my side. I've got the same power that brought Jesus out of a grave. I've got the same power that spoke this world into existence. I've got the same power that God has. I'm going to do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 
I can. Say it again. I can. Look at your spouse. Look at your children. Look at everybody around you and tell them, I can do this. I can do this. I can rejoice. I can be glad. This is a day the Lord has made, and I can make this happen by God's power, not my own. That's the surety of this power. Then be. Look at this. I want you to look at the scope of this power. What can I do? What can I do? What's it say? What's it say? I can do all things. Now, to keep it in context, Paul is talking about, about being content. And, and I don't really have the time to go in all that. I want to. We, we're going to uh, uh, next week. But, but he is saying, I've had the ability to be hungry. I've had the, the ability to be full. I've had the, the ability to be blessed. And I've had the ability to be cursed. And I've had the ability to have all things. And I've had the ability to have nothing. In other words, every circumstance in my life, everything that I've gone through, I've had the ability to make it through. And I've had the ability, remember, we're going to keep it in context. When I'm up, I rejoice. When I was down, I rejoice. When I'm shouting and preaching and people are getting saved, I can rejoice. But when I was beat with stripes on my back and I was laying in a Philippian jail, we begin to sing praises at midnight. You know why? Because he can do all things through Christ. Hey, Paul's not telling you to do something he hasn't already done. Listen, he said, I can do all things. What is God asking you to do? He's asking you to stand up. He's asking you to have courage. He's asking, not, he's not asking you, he's telling you, rejoice in the Lord. I can't rejoice in my circumstances. I can't. I look around at this building, and man, I miss you guys. I really, I, I really wish y'all were here, because this is, this is a highlight of my week when I get to come and share. And so I, I, I'm not, I can't rejoice. I can't rejoice in, in these empty pews, and I, I can't rejoice in people getting sick, and I, I can't rejoice in people being afraid, because that breaks my heart to know that people are scared. I can't rejoice in that stuff. I can't rejoice for it, but I can rejoice in it. I can rejoice in the fact that even though these chairs are empty, I know you're out there watching, and I know you're out there listening, and God has given us technology that we can stay connected. Man, I can rejoice in that. I can rejoice in the fact that God has given us precious promises, and God has given us his peace, and God has given us his power to make this happen. No matter, it doesn't matter what comes our way. We can do all things, all things. Say it with me, all things. We can do it. We can do it because of his power, the surety of his power, the scope of his power. And then here's the most important thing, the source of his power. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. Now here's the, here's the important thing, ladies and gentlemen. I know there's somebody watching right now. And I, and I hope everybody out there hit that share button so, so that your neighbors can see this and so your friends can see this. Listen, I know there's somebody out there that's watching that's not saved. And everything I'm preaching right now and everything I'm telling you and everything I'm encouraging you, you've got to have Christ in your life to be able to have his presence, to be able to have his peace, to be able to have his power because I'm not doing this on my own. I, I, was, I, was, I was so nervous and this is so, so different from me, but boy, I'm going to tell you this. I feel God's presence right now. I felt him in the worship and I felt him in the singing and he's making it easy for me to preach and that's because I have him on the inside and you cannot say you can do all things. You cannot say that all things are possible with you if you don't have Christ. You have to have Christ. You have to have Christ if you expect to have peace. You have to have Christ if you expect to have power. You have to have Christ if you expect to make it and be able to say, I'm going to rejoice. Always, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. He's the source. He's where it comes from. It's not because we're good people. It's not because I'm any better than anybody else. Right matter of fact, I'm probably worse. Because by, by nature, I worry. By nature, that's, that's just who I am. That's just how I'm made. And by nature, listen, these things kind of wig me out. But I'm going to tell you this, God has given me grace, and God has given me strength. He's given me people out there that's praying for me, and I can feel it, and I know it. Somebody called me yesterday and said, Preacher, I'm just worried about you, and I don't know how y'all were doing that. And I told him, I'm good. I really am. I don't know how I am. I, I know how. I know how. It's just peace that passes all understanding. Listen, I just know that I'm okay, and, and, and we're making it, and God is blessing our staff, and, and everybody's working hard, but God's favor and his touch is on them. Listen, you have to have Christ. You have to have Christ. Then listen, number four, we'll finish. <clears throat> number four, he says you can rejoice all the way. You can rejoice in the storm. You can rejoice in the crisis. You can have joy. You can feel gladness and happiness on the inside and be able to express it on the outside, even in difficult times, because of his presence, because of his peace, because of his power. 
then watch this now. Some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all really need to get this one. You need to really write this one down and circle it several times and put stars beside it because of his provision. Because of his provision. Preacher, what are you talking about? Do you realize, let me, let me read the verse. Let me tell you where it's at so you can go and underline it and circle it. The Bible says in verse number 19, <clears throat> verse number 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. Let's break that down. Same subs, same subs, same ones. Surety, surety, scope, and source. Same, same subs as number three. It says, here's a surety. My God might supply your need. Is that what that says? Is that what you read? I don't think that sounds right. Uh, my God could supply. No, that's not what it says either. Say it with me now. You're reading at home. You're reading at home. My God shall. Come on, say it again. Repeat it until you believe it. My God shall. He shall. That's surety. That's a promise. That is a promise. Now, here, here's the thing. I went into Walmart the other day, and it was, it was really weird. I'm telling you, I just, it, the first time I'd ever walked through, and, and man, there was nothing on the shelves. There was nothing. I, I, I mean, you go through the toilet paper aisle, and, and then you go through the, the hand sanitizer and all that, and you go through the bread, bread no bread, no bread. And then I, I really don't understand the, the logic and the thinking of the American people because I went down the candy aisle, and it was full. Y'all are leaving out the most important thing. If you're going to be quarantined, you need some candy. Say amen at home. Listen, I was walking through that, and to be honest, I kind of got a little uneasy feeling. It was just, it was just what are we going to do? What are we going to do if we can't find bread? What are we gonna, and, and the devil, huh, he's good at what he does. Man, the devil jumped up on my shoulder and said, uh-huh, mm-hmm. You done got here too late. You didn't get your bread. You didn't get your dry beans. And, and you didn't get what, and, 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 and then the Holy Spirit said, I got this. I got this. I'm your source. I'm your source. You know, the psalmist said it this way. He said, he said, I'm old. And he said, I have been young. He said, my whole life, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's children begging bread. The Holy Spirit says, I got this. I got this. I will supply all your need according to his riches and glory. That's a promise. That's a surety. Now listen, please, please hear me when I say this. Please hear me when I say this. If you're going to trust God that he has washed your sins away and that he is making you a home in heaven and your eternal destiny, you, you, you are going to miss hell and make it to heaven and you're trusting God's promise that he will save you and take you to heaven, then you need to trust God when he says, I'm going to take care of you while you're down here. My God shall. Say it with me. At home, say it with me. My God shall. Supply. Watch this. The second. Remember we said the surety. Then we see the scope. The scope of his provision. What? All. Say it, say it at home. All. All your need. All your needs. Now here's the thing. God may not supply for that new bass boat. God may not supply for, for that new luxury item. God may not supply for the wants. But he said, I will always supply your needs. Now I'm going to say this because it, it really, I need to wait till next week because the, the message goes that way. And, and God talks about contentment. And here's what we need to understand. The Bible says, if we have food and raiment, therewith to be content. Now, we need to understand and thank God every day. If you had something to eat yesterday, you need to praise God for that. And you need to glorify God. Because what I think God is doing through all of this thing, He's making us thankful and, and helping us to become more appreciative every day through all this of the little things. And the things that we have taken for granted all these years. I remember when we had the tornado. I remember we had a tornado and we didn't have power for, for several days. And, and I, I remember how all that took place. And this is one of, the, one of the greatest memories, the strongest memories I have about the time of the tornado was the very first hot shower I was able to take after the power came back on. I remember getting in that shower and feeling that hot water and I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I had been taking cold showers all that time. And man, I thought this is so wonderful. This is so great. Thank you. Lord. And it was just a hot shower. Something that we take for granted every day. We just go in, get our shower and leave. We, we, just, we don't even think about something until it's gone. And you know what? God has given you something to eat. God has given you a family. God has given you a home. God has given you a place to rest. And sometimes these simple things that we have failed to thank God for, we have failed to give Him glory for and, 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 and worship Him for His blessings on us, 
for supplying our needs, for meeting our needs on a daily basis. Listen, praise Him today. Stop a minute and take time to glorify Him and praise Him for meeting your needs today. And then lastly, lastly, here's the deal. We said the, we said the, uh, the surety, my God shall, my God shall supply all, that's the scope of His provision, all of your needs, all of your needs. Watch this, here's the source, here's the source, according to His riches in glory. Do you get that? Do you understand that? According to His riches in glory. In other words, in other words, my needs are not going to be met based on my ability. My needs are not going to be met based on my human resources because my ability can run out. My resources can run out. But God said, I will meet your needs according to my riches, my wealth. Say amen right there. Listen, God took the prophet. God took the prophet Elijah to a brook. And he said, stay at this brook. And he gave him water from the brook, and he sent a raven to come and bring him food twice a day. What, what, are you, what are you saying? I'm saying he was in a drought. I'm saying all his human resources dried up. But God, through his abundant grace and through his abundant resources and glory, through his abundant wealth and riches, he kept feeding that prophet and taking care of that prophet. He didn't know where it came from. He didn't know how it got there other than God sent it, and God made it happen. And ladies and gentlemen, God will do the same thing for you. I know the economy is looking bad. I know all of these things are taking place. But listen, rejoice and be glad that your, your blessings and your needs are not going to be met by what you can see. Your needs are going to be met and you're going to be taken care of by what you can't see not according to your bank account not according to your human resources but according to the riches of God he said I will provide all of your needs and because of that how can we not rejoice how can we not be glad how can we not get happy because in a crisis he said I'm going to take care of you in a crisis he said I'm going to give you my power in a crisis he said I'm going to walk with you the God of peace will be with you Listen, how can we not be happy how can we not get excited when we know all of these promises and all of these resources are available to us throughout this pandemic Oh, mercy. Let's let the world know we, we're going to rejoice. We're going to be happy, not because of our circumstances, but because we have a God who is able and who has promised to take care of us through the whole thing. Now, listen, let me, let me, let me, let me sum all this up. Let me sum all this up. If you're wanting all those things, if you're wanting his presence, if you're wanting his peace, if you're wanting his power, if you're wanting his provision in your life, it says through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ through Christ. Uh, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Through Christ. How are you going to do this, preacher? Through Christ. Through Christ Jesus. Now listen, if you don't know him and you don't have him in your life, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. All of, all of our temple folks out there, I want you to bow your head right where you are. I, I want you to bow your head right where you are. And I want you to help me pray for all those that don't know Jesus that's watching this, this live stream right now. I want you to listen. This is the invitation right here. This is the invitation. And I want all of our people, make a sanctuary right where you are, and I want you to talk to God and be praying for all your neighbors and all your friends and all your loved ones that's watching this live stream right now that may not be saved, that may not know Jesus as a personal Savior. I want to tell you how. I want to tell you how. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, this is what it, the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Look it up. Look it up. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It also says that there is none righteous, no, not one. It says the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh my goodness, the payment for sin is death. The only way sin can be paid for is death. Preacher, I don't want to die. I don't want you to die. You don't have to die. You know what? I've got good news. It says that God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you so you didn't have to. He says this in Romans 10, 9 and 10, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Right where you are. You don't have to be in a building on the corner of Campground Road and 157. Right where you are. 
God will meet you right where you are. You can be watching in a motel room. We're, we're being telecast to a motel room. Listen, you can be in your living room. You can be in your bedroom. No matter where you are, you can pray right where you are and ask the Lord to forgive you and to save you. You can place your faith right where you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're ready to do that, if you're ready to do that right now, I'll just pray this simple prayer with me. And listen, it's not a, there's not a formula in this prayer. Your prayer is just saying what you're doing on the inside. If you'll believe in the Lord with all your heart, believe that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again, and he will save you if you ask him. If you'll believe that with all your heart, he will save you today. If you want to do that and you're ready to do that, pray this with me. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And the best that I know how, the best that I know how, I'm asking you now to forgive me and to save me. The best that I know how, I'm asking you now to forgive me and to save me. Take my sins away. Save my soul. The best that I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do something. If you're watching by way of Facebook, I, I want you to comment in the, in, the, in the chat section there. I want you to let us know that you prayed. And, and we, want to, we want to get some information to you. We have, a little, we have a little booklet that says, now that you believe, what next? What's the next steps? Listen, this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of your walk with Christ. And we want to get you some information that will help you. So if you prayed that prayer, if you trusted Christ, you can either call the office this week or, or, or more than that, just, just post, on the, post on the chat and, and let us know that you prayed and you trusted Christ. And we want to get in contact with you and help you today. Everybody else, everybody else, listen, I want you to understand, we're not just going to make it. We're not just going to survive. This, this is our time to shine. It's just like Queen Esther. If you go read her story, you know, the Bible says that she was put on this, this earth at such a time as this. It is no accident that we're here today. It's no accident that we're alive and we're, we're on this planet at this time in history. It's our time to shine. It's our time to show the world that there is a God in heaven who will help them and bless them. How do you do that? Don't freak out like everybody else. Don't lose your mind like everybody else. Don't go into a depression like everybody that don't know Jesus. Say this, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm not going to rejoice in my circumstances. I'm not going to rejoice in my fears. I'm not going to rejoice, rejoice in what's happening around me. I'm going to rejoice in the fact that I have a God who has said he will meet all my needs. He would walk through the valley with me. There's no place, there's no experience I'll ever go through that he won't walk through it with me. So listen, let's go shine. Let's put a smile on our face. Let's express on the outside the joy and the fulfillment and the happiness we have on the inside. And let's be a light to this world. Let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your Father, which is in heaven. This is your time to shine. We're going to close this service right now. I'm going to pray for you. And as we pray, we're going to dismiss. And listen, let's go be the church. Let's go be the church. The church is not this building. The church is scattered all over Colton. We're going to pray. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. We're going to do our, our social isolation. But we're going to let our light shine. Now listen, let's be what we're supposed to be. Let's pray.